0: Hi, everyone. Uh, Welcome to Eli, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us uh, Mr. Naveen Philip, CEO of uh, Popular Mega Motors, a family owned automobile uh, dealership business based in Kerala. Naveen is a graduate of Xavier Institute of Management Bhuganeswar and has been into automobile industry since last 23 years. Uh, hi, Naveen. Uh, welcome to ELI.
1: Hi, Priya. Uh, glad to be here. Uh,
0: Naveen, would uh, request you to introduce yourself to our audience, please.
1: Uh, okay, uh, Naveen here, as Priya said. Uh, finished my engineering, uh, worked for a year, then went for my MBA. Uh, passed out in 94 from XI and uh, Campus selected into Godrich uh, and Boyce. Uh, worked there for four years, ninety-four to ninety-eight. Uh, the last held position was head of marketing uh, for one division of Bucalbridge, and then uh, was asked to come back into the family business because a new division was being started. So came back in ninety-eight and uh, kicked off the new division. Uh, started with two employees in the new division. Currently, we are at thousand four hundred employees. Uh, so it's been a decent journey. And uh, at the same time, we being able to grow the family business also from uh, close to about uh, 700 employees to now we have about uh, close to 9,000 employees. Uh, uh, spread across South India, we are into automobile dealerships uh, across South India. Uh, under the name uh, brand name of Popular, uh, but in different states, we have different names uh, given the nuances of the state, et cetera. Um, I'm the third generation in the family business. Uh, struggles continue to have struggles, but it's been a good journey overall.
0: Okay, uh, Navin, uh, can you tell us in detail uh, about the business? What is this? Uh, I think you already mentioned the size of the operations, uh, but you know, what, what kind of vehicles you deal with, and you know, in detail. So-
1: yeah, so basically, uh, we started off as uh, spare parts dealers uh, or spare parts uh, uh, way back in 1938 when my grandfather started the business. Current business that we have are basically into automobile dealerships. We handle uh, Maruti, we are one of the largest dealers across India. Uh, we handle Tata commercial vehicles, again, one of the largest dealers across India. Uh, Honda cars, uh, then we have Jaguar Land Rover. Uh, all these, we are in the top three or top four across uh, in India. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have uh, Bharat Benz Trucks, um, same, in the top three across India. And we also do spare parts distribution. Mm-hmm. Other options of the business, we have a training institute, uh, where, which is pretty large in Kerala. And uh, we also sort of angel invest in new businesses. Uh, doesn't have to be related to automobile, but we have automobile-related investments also we started off for a truck hire company we sold that off to tata motors and we have a few other businesses that's
0: about it. okay uh, navin uh, i have a very interesting question for you uh, so not very long ago uh, we we hosted another uh, entrepreneur who is uh, who is a sixth generation family owned business entrepreneur uh, so uh, and you, you also mentioned that you are a third generation uh, um, entrepreneur in your family so I would would like to understand, uh, what is the difference between uh, an entrepreneur who is taking forward a family's legacy versus an entrepreneur who is starting from scratch? Uh,
1: I think uh, in terms of starting a business, uh, both would be approximately the same because most families give you the freedom to choose a business to kick off. Some families drag you into the businesses that they're already in. Uh, as far as a first-generation entrepreneur, you can just spot choose any business. The landscape is open for you. In family business, sometimes it's restrictive. That's the uh, one main difference. Okay. Two is in terms of decision-making. So in your family business, uh, though you might be the entrepreneur, uh, the uh, decisions have to be more or less unanimous. So you, you have to take everybody in the family along. Uh, in terms of your business journey. And the first-generation entrepreneurial business, uh, that's not the case. Uh, You are your boss. You take your decisions. You want to pivot your business midway through it, 10 days off it, whatever it is. That's your call. If you have the finances, you go ahead and take those calls. In family business, unfortunately, that doesn't work. Plus, there are a whole lot of gray areas which you have to tread very carefully. You shouldn't upset the elders. You shouldn't upset your peers. Mm. Uh, and the huge responsibility lies on you that, for me, it is already 60 years that the family was running the business. And when I come and take on new agencies or new thing, I'm investing money, there's always a risk factor that I shouldn't lose the family wealth. I'm only a transient person in this. I'm taking care of wealth mm. for the next generation. Okay. And if I take decisions that sort of go against that, uh, then will always be the back sheep of the family. There will always be questions raised as to is he the one who destroyed the family wealth and is he the one who destroyed the family business. So there's a lot of uh, there's a, like a Democles sword lying on you uh, over mm-hmm. your head. Uh, whereas in your first generation entrepreneurial thing, it's just you taking the shot. And if the business fails, so be it. You kick off another one. Okay.
0: Uh, Navin, I uh, would like to take this uh, debate uh, uh, to a deeper level. I think uh, many of our uh, viewers are also, uh, uh, pe- also people who belong to a family that already has a business and uh, their family expects uh, them to uh, take over the business someday. So uh, uh, that is why I'll, I'd like to take this discussion a bit deeper. So would like to know w- what happens uh, when uh, one generation uh, passes on the business responsibilities to the next generation. I, I strongly believe that uh, there are multiple uh, choices at hand uh, when it comes to succession. How does it, what is the process that, that happens in a, a, a family uh, that owns business to choose the successor of the business?
1: Um, So it's not very easy choosing the successor of the business. So uh, if I take my example, uh, my grandfather had uh, two boys, none of the ladies were allowed into the business at that point of time. Uh, He also had another brother's son in the business or another brother in the business. Splits have happened. Um, When I came into the business, I am the daughter's son, which is not heard of in the Christian tradition in Kerala. Uh, It's only the... uh, Patriarchal side that uh, gets into the business. But we changed rules in between, stating that whoever does well, whoever's proved their worth outside of the family business can be invited into the business. Today we have even stranger rules. Uh, not I wouldn't say stranger rules, but we have written out a family constitution. We have taken the help of the uh, head of family business uh, uh, in ISB, uh, Professor mm-hmm. Karvel Ramchandran, and we used uh, uh, KPMG to, to actually frame out a family constitution, mm. and as per that, actually none of the next generation—that's not not only my my kids, uh, even my cousins—cannot come into the family business directly. Mm. So they have to go ahead and prove themselves either as an entrepreneur, which the family would actually fund, mm. or as a corporate person, and then show that over five years or ten years they've been able to rise within the corporate. And they cannot get into the business that the family is already in. They have to start something else. Hmm. Uh, So there is no, and we are trying to professionalize the whole thing. So we have already taken a CEO. uh, He's from, I am Cal. uh, And I think I Uh, even if a new family member comes into the business, he or she has to report him to this person. Hmm. Uh, So the succession was initially was not very clear. So even today, while I run the family business, uh, both my aunts, who are about 65, uh, have a say in the board. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the board decision, and we have an independent board. So, we have taken the former CEO of Tanish onto the board, and the current head of Kanta, or, uh, a lady called Preeti, she's also on the board. And Jacob Kurian is the former head of C, And we have taken private between. So, they have a board member. So, it's become a very professional board, and we might not have a family person as a successor. Okay. So that's one difference. Two is that even if the family person has to become a successor, he or she has to prove their mettle before coming in. Earlier, it was the eldest person takes over the business. Hmm. Uh, we've changed that because we have realized that the eldest person might not be the most capable person to run the business. Hmm. So we have made some formats. We've written our constitution. Uh, there is a the vetting of businesses that are being started. It has to pass through a private equity panel, which has two independent people and the family members sitting uh, in terms of the business that you start. So it's become a little more complicated process, but I think it, it gives weightage to uh, meritocracy rather than succession by uh, age or chronologically or whatever that is. Mm. Um, we, we've got a case study going on in IMA on the basis of this uh, about our family. And the businesses that we run, um, I will be happy to share that uh, in the forum later.
0: Uh, Navin, uh, I, I, I believe you have very successfully implemented a plan uh, for the family-owned business, but uh, there are many mid-sized family-owned business that that do not have the uh, uh, bandwidth to implement such a change. So, in a in a very uh, uh, very, very top level what would be your suggestions they should implement uh, in place for example there is a 50 year old man who is uh, planning to uh, planning for succession uh, uh, and he has three sons and one daughter maybe uh, how how does he uh, you know uh, choose the successor that is number one also how does he deal with the uh, favoritism that happens in family for example the mother loves the elder son and uh, their sisters and uh, brothers, uh, grandfathers, everybody has a say and, and everybody not necessarily understand the business fully. Uh, so how do you suggest uh, these kind of families take this, uh, this forward?
1: So each family goes their own journey. I mean, the initial stage of journey is a one man making a decision or two people making a decision. And then it goes on to the next generation where it becomes far more white. It is not very easy to give a, a formula for each family to succeed. It depends on the nuances of that family. But I would really suggest that one thing that has helped our family over the last 80 years is that we've always used independent, uh, not, I wouldn't say an independent board per se, but we have had always had an independent set of advisors uh, which are not connected to the family. So you can't get your close family friend and say that you be an advisor to us, uh, which means he'll also have his role, he or she will have his role in trying to uh, influence family members. But we always had an independent set of advisors, which were completely outside of the family business, completely unconnected with the family. And that I think has helped in terms of creating a sense of professionalism within the family. And I would suggest that to every family. Um, either take a life co- uh, a coach or you take an independent board or you get just an advisory board, whatever you can. And with people who are successful, either within the same society or outside of that society, if you have any contacts, bring them on. Your bankers will be able to help, which is a big source of thing, And they'll be able to judge who should lead the family business to some extent, because they know who's been proving their worth. and When they have dialogues with the family members, they can understand who's doing a better role. So I think every member of the family has a responsibility. So you have to decide whether uh, you want to run the family business, though you're not capable of it, or you want to enjoy the wealth of the family business with somebody else who's more capable than you can create uh, by taking the company forward. So even if I'm the eldest, and I believe that my younger brother is far more capable in running the business. Hmm. Play a smaller role, play a more, uh, what do you call, an elderly role. Give the role to the younger person to run the family business. You're still a stakeholder. So, it's easier to ensure that the family wealth is present. Uh,
0: Navin, I have some questions around the automobile industry as well. Uh, uh, Since you have been into the industry for, Last 20 plus years, I uh, would like to know how how do you forecast the foreseeable future? I think COVID has dis- disrupted a lot of things in in this industry. So, uh, what do you see in the foreseeable future? How Indian automobile industry is uh, will be impacted?
1: So, I think this uh, uh, I think a whole lot of industries have been affected. Uh, the automobile industry also. Uh, so if i look at uh, just to give you a brief numbers in terms of how what is, so quarter 1 of last year uh, we sold about 2400 tata trucks and we sold Having said that, uh, I think uh, the way we restructured our business. Can you hear me, Priya?
0: Uh, yes, I can hear you.
1: Yeah. The way we restructured our business in the past three months um, has been huge uh, in terms of, number of uh, the sort of cost cuts that we've done, the crunching of things that we've done, um, the way we have digitalized lot part of our business, got bots into a large area of our business, et cetera. So we've been able to cut our costs by 25 to 30% in these three months. Uh, Going forward, nobody can predict what the future looks like. Hmm. Uh, But we do. We definitely see that the servicing part of the auto industry is going to remain. Uh, Sales would probably transform itself into a more digitized format. And we are gearing up for that. For the growth in India to come back, I think one thing good for India is that uh, we have a large population uh, and hence the the passenger car and the two-wheeler growth will always be there. Commercial vehicle will probably take a much longer time. So I'm I'm thinking that it'll take probably another 12 to 18 months. Uh, But if India as a country needs to grow with a GDP of five to 7% annually, that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that next year, would, if the COVID vaccine everything comes out, next year would be a bumper year for most industries. Hmm. Including automobile
0: industry. I think that, that is a very interesting perspective. Uh, now coming back to our, our usual course of questions, I uh, would like to uh, start by asking you, uh, when did you think of uh, becoming an entrepreneur? Uh, in your case, when did you think of Uh, joining your family business?
1: No, I didn't think. I had uh, no intention to come back into the family business. Uh, I was very comfortable with the role that I had in Godridge. Uh, And uh, even now, when I look back, sometimes I do have regrets of leaving that job. Uh, I think it taught me a lot. Uh, But, grandfather said, way back, I think in 97, he started putting pressure uh, pressure to the extent that he started writing, uh, making my aunts write uh, letters to my boss in Godrej stating that uh, he needs to be relieved uh, because I was refusing to resign. Uh, but yeah, uh, at some point of time, I think 98 early, I took the decision to come back. Um, and since my parents were also getting aged, I thought it might be a wise call to come back and see what I can do. Uh, no regrets are that.
0: Okay, um, what, what was your first day into uh, the uh, job of uh, uh, CEO or, you know, initially, whatever role you played? How was your first day? Uh,
1: terrible. Uh, uh, so, uh, because it's family business, uh, and my grandfather had independently uh, taken the decision to bring me back. Though he had told my aunts that at some point of time he would come back and. They need to accommodate, etc. Uh, the 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 family was going through a rough patch at that point of time in terms of business. Mm. Uh, Seppart's business had started declining. I came back in '98. It was one of the worst years of automobile at that time. Tata Motors, I think, threw up a loss of ten thousand crores in '98 or '99, and we had just taken the Tata Motors dealership. Mm. Uh, somebody was against that decision. Somebody was for the decision, and I joined at the time when. This debate was raging. Uh, The family was going through a split. One of the youngs was planning to move out of the business. So the first day, actually, everybody ignored me. I mean, I was just floating around the office without anything to do, not knowing what direction, uh, not knowing what my role is. Uh, It was chaos. So if you're an employee, you have a role. If you're part of the family, there's no role defined. The role that was given to me is that at some point of time, you will have to take care of the Tararuru dealership. Uh, but the Moro dealership had just kicked off. We were selling one vehicle a month.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, there were just me and one more person as employees. We had two chairs outside in the room, and uh, I was said that now you go ahead with the business. So, uh, unfortunately, there is no injection manual for family businesses. There is no, uh, which is something that is that needs to be done, which we are doing now. But most family businesses just say, okay, you join the business and uh, you kick off. So, I would say the, not only the first day, I think the first one year was terrible.
0: Okay. Uh, Navin, um, I have also been uh, an employee of a family-owned business. Uh, 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 and what I have seen is when, uh, when the transition happens, uh, a new, newcomer comes and takes over, what happens is uh, he eventually builds a team of his own inside the company and slowly that team grows uh, with the with the person and they become the uh, head of uh, different departments eventually as the person becomes uh, ceo or uh, the top level guy so uh, navin would like to ask you when you recruit someone into your team or uh, what you call as your core team uh, the people who interact with you directly and vice versa, how do you how do you choose those people? What is the what is the kind of qualities you look in them?
1: So one thing was very clear that the people that were supposed to work closely to me were people who were willing to do anything in terms of there was no job profile. Uh, so the core team, uh, three or four people that I nurtured along the way. I had no job, job profile. So if that person has to do sales one day, get into service the next day, uh, all that has to be done. Mm-hmm. They were all given the feeling or given the fact that all four or five of them that were there at that point of time over the years, over the next two years, mm-hmm. were entrepreneurs along with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had a sort of, not a physical stake in the company, but they shared in the profits from day one. Uh, so... So they had to do any work they had to drive the business themselves so it was not that i give a command and they'll do it so that way i think it helped a lot and out of those five three are still with me um they run a large part of the business um, and I'm happy with it um, uh, they're now mbas uh, they have become 40 percent 45 percenters but have an attitude that uh, would put any 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 educated person to shame, uh, and I think that's more important. Uh, I would ask most of the people who watch the video to read a book called Maverick by Ricardo Semler, okay. um, uh, which has which is uh, he runs a company in Brazil, uh, and there are no designations. Mm. Um, so same with my, the three four people that worked with me. I said, if you want a designation, you can choose the designation. I'm not bothered. So you want to call yourself manager, you want to call yourself GM, vice president, president, CEO, that's yours to call. But one thing to remember is that you know the responsibility that you have and the outside person should value you by what you are, not by your designation. So if you say you're a your CEO and you're behaving like a manager, there's a, there's a huge difference. So you decide. And over the years, they've decided their designations. Uh, uh, they decide when they should get promoted to the next designation, and I've left it to them.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, now I would like to know, Navin, what is your vision with uh, mm, popular mega motors and other ventures? All uh, you are building as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, popular mega motors is just one division, so for LinkedIn profiles, it's easier to put one name of one company and put it as CEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our entire stretch of automobile dealership so our journey a uh, couple of years ago uh, 2016 to be precise uh, we decided to take private equity money into uh, dealerships and uh, the the idea is to grow the dealership to a level where we can list it uh, in the stock exchange hmm. uh, we have, we had got ready with the IPO uh, last year but unfortunately the events that uh, suddenly the economy went for a toss. The automobile industry went down. uh, So we couldn't uh, actually come out with the IPO. But at some point of time, over the next two or three years, we would like to uh, do an IPO and grow this business to a much larger entity than what we are today. Hmm. Uh, And uh, hope to be the first. uh, And There were were smaller companies that listed earlier, but hope to be the largest listed automobile dealership uh, this side of the world.
0: Okay. Uh, Navin, what are the challenges you faced along the way while uh, growing this organization and uh, also building the other ventures uh, you have?
1: Uh, so, I think we like to split the challenges. One is business challenges, uh, which any business faces. There are ups and downs. Money sometimes is in shortage. Banks are after you. All that. So that that I think it's an Every entrepreneur goes through those challenges. Uh, There's no two ways about it. You will have to change the business style. You will have to close down offices, open up new uh, different offices. You have to recruit, sack people, all that. So that journey, uh, I don't think is going to be very different for any entrepreneur. Mm. Um, So that's a journey that we have gone through. Uh, Businesses have collapsed. Businesses have taken off, um, all that. You have challenges with the partners that you have. In terms of the OEM partners, you have challenges with uh, bankers, government, all that. So that's one part of the challenge, uh, which is probably tough to handle. But I think every entrepreneur will find solutions for it very fast. The other set of challenges is your family challenges. Uh, somebody pulling you back, somebody pushing you forward, politics within the family, uh, to take along every member of the family, at least 80% of the members uh, through the journey, uh, convincing them. So even if you think that the business idea is good, you need to convince them of the business idea. Each member of the family has got a different risk profile. Mm. Um, uh, So if you're talking about very high risk business, then there is a lot of pushback from a certain set of family members. Some of them would like to look at the business as uh, fixed deposit, uh, mm-hmm. which will generate 8% returns for them. Uh, some of them would like to ro- look at it as angel investors and wants 300% returns. To, so carrying that family along, uh, so one is carrying the family along through the business journey, but at the same time, you're related to them and you need to ensure that the family also remains together. Even if you need to split the businesses, the family needs to remain together because you've grown up together. That is a much bigger challenge, and those challenges, uh, some have failed, uh, some uh, one has rode through and been successful. So, uh, those in family business, I would say that uh, money is important, your journey is important, uh, but it's also important to take most of your family members along through their journey.
0: Okay, uh, Navin, uh, when, when it comes to your family business, Uh, the rewards uh, the business gets is divided equally among the stakeholders. Uh, But when it comes to responsibilities and uh, doing the job, I think the leader has to do the most of the jobs. What motivates the uh, leader uh, to take such a tough job when he knows that the benefits will be distributed equally?
1: So I think... uh, uh... Thankfully, we come from, though we're a businessman, uh, uh, my grandfather was uh, one of the first uh, uh, participants or members of the Communist Party of Kerala. I mean, India, CPIM. And uh, he also hosted the first labor union as such. Okay. Uh, so we came with the philosophy that uh, there'd be some people who are far more capable than others. Hmm. Uh, but if you want to go through the long distance or a marathon or a walk, you need to carry a few people along, even if they're less capable. Mm. And uh, just because you were born with a better set of brains or better set of risk-taking profile, uh, it, it doesn't mean that uh, you shouldn't share your, uh, what do you call, it? your uh, wealth or your earnings, etc. Uh, that's one, one part of family business which I respect. That I think that whoever heads it, uh, heads it because the family themselves have put in all the wealth. In. Okay. okay, so you might grow the wealth to some extent. So you might get a bonus that is slightly higher, but the sharing of wealth, I think, should be equal.
0: Okay, and uh, Navin, we are almost up with uh, time, and I just have uh, two or three questions left. Uh, hope we can uh, we can uh, exceed by five minutes. So my next question is, uh, who is your uh, role model uh, when it comes to entrepreneurship?
1: Uh, I think my grandfather. Uh, and uh, While I did my engineering, I had the uh, opportunity to stay with him for four years. Um, absolutely down to earth. We've got a book written about him by one of the authors here. Um, grew. I mean, he started the business with zero rupees, grew it into a multi-crore business, uh, but never spent anything for himself. Uh, It was for the family in general, Uh, led a very simple life, uh, even to the very last age and his wish was that he should die while in office or while walking to office or coming back from office and died at the age of 93, uh, achieving that also. So I think uh, that's my role model.
0: How do you compare entrepreneurship with a full-time job?
1: Full-time job, most of the time, you can uh, decide to switch off. And entrepreneurship, uh, it's full-time, it's 24-7. Uh, in the initial stages of it, I would get a call saying that there's an issue in the factory, there's a fire here, there's that. Uh, it could be anything, I mean, an employee died. Uh, it, it could range from anything, I mean, just from a water peak to something more complex. Uh, but at the end of it, you are the boss, you have to take the decision. You have to be there when there is a crisis. You have to be there to celebrate. Uh, as an employee, uh, since I've worked in Godrej, I know that uh, there are weekends that have completely switched off. I mean, I've taken off not knowing. And at that time, there were no cell phones also. There's no question of anybody contacting you. Hmm. Uh, as an entrepreneur, I don't think you have that liberty. Then okay. you'll never have it.
0: Okay. My last question to you, how, how do you suggest our audience to start their journey as entrepreneurs?
1: So, two ways. I mean, one is if, if you're brimming with ideas through your school and college life, just take the plunge whenever you want to uh, and go ahead with whatever ideas you have. there will always be detractors, but if you think that you can get it done, go ahead. Uh, to some others, I would think that the journey starts a little later. Uh, Working through a company uh, gives you a lot of perspective as to how employees work, how cohesion is, how do you build teams, etc. And then you choose probably five or seven years down the line or 10 years down the line, you choose the area that you want to kick off your business in. By then you've got a fairly decent idea as to how you want to grow your company. Uh, So I think both ways uh, it works. Uh, It depends on the person's character. I don't think I would have plunged into a business day one of college or even through college. Uh, I don't think I have those skill sets. I had to learn those skill sets. Uh, but I've seen friends of mine who have just plunged even at the, during college time and created large businesses. So each to his own journey, uh, but never give up.
0: Uh, on that note uh, would like to close the session uh, would like to thank you navin for taking out time and joining this call uh, and it was a great honor to host you at gli thank you priya and thanks thanks to
1: all listeners and wishing you all the best in your own entrepreneurial journeys thank you
0: uh, we ask you can follow and connect with uh, navin on linkedin by typing navin philip also do visit their website by typing popular data.com. So, whom do you want to have here at TLA for next episode? Do let me know in the comments below. We'll be back. Stay tuned to ELI.